This episode of Encyclopedia Womanica is brought to you by Rothy's. Uncomfortable shoes are the worst. We've all been there. You're walking around in shoes that look good when all of a sudden a blister starts villainizing your foot. Have no fear, Rothy's is here. Rothy's shoes look great and they're insanely comfortable. They're also machine washable and they're made out of recycled plastic water bottles. It's no wonder Rothy's has quickly grown to a beloved gotta have them brand. They have over a thousand nearly perfect reviews. My current favorite pair is the Deep Navy Slip-On Sneakers. They're quite comfortable and have been a wardrobe staple this summer. Find the pair for you at rothys.com slash encyclopedia. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash encyclopedia for your new favorite flats. Thanks again to Rothy's for sponsoring this episode. Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Encyclopedia Womanica. If you're just tuning in, here's the deal. Every weekday for a year, we're telling the stories of women from throughout history and around the world who you may or may not know about, but definitely should. Each month is themed, and this month we're talking about villainesses. Today, let's rewind to the era of the French Revolution to talk about the woman responsible for the assassination of Jacobin leader Jean-Paul Marat. Our villainess of the day is Charlotte Corday. It's important to note that this month we're talking about women who actually did commit unforgivable crimes, as well as women who are remembered as villains in our history books or in the popular imagination, but who may deserve a second look. I believe Charlotte Corday falls into the latter category, but you'll be the judge. Marie-Anne Charlotte Corday d'Armont was born in Normandy in 1768 to a minor aristocratic family. Charlotte was the middle of three sisters. When she was still quite young, her mother and elder sister both died. Charlotte's father sent her and her younger sister to an abbey in Caen because he couldn't handle his grief and the two girls. There, Charlotte first came into contact with the teachings of humanist thinkers such as Plutarch, Rousseau, and Voltaire. Those thinkers heavily influenced the way Charlotte saw the world around her. As France erupted in war, Charlotte aligned herself with the Girondins. For those of us who could use a refresher on the factions of the French Revolution, the Girondins were revolutionaries, but they were the more moderate faction among the different groups fighting for supremacy. The Girondins generally opposed the more extremists, who believed everyone who opposed the revolution should be terrorized and struck down. The Girondins were particularly at odds with the Jacobins, the more hardcore group. Charlotte believed the Jacobins' antics and outright violence threatened the moral fabric of the French nation. She felt so strongly about it that she set out to murder one of the Jacobin leaders, Jean-Paul Marat. Marat was a prominent member of the radical group that led the Reign of Terror. He was a journalist who used his newspaper to sway public opinion. Charlotte held Marat responsible for many deaths and believed his continued ascension would mean the end of the Republic. On July 9, 1793, Charlotte left her cousin's house where she was living at the time and traveled to Paris. She bought a kitchen knife with a six-inch blade and wrote what she called an address to the French people to explain her motives. Charlotte initially planned to kill Marat in a very public setting in front of the National Convention to make an example of him. 
But turns out, Murat had a serious skin condition that had worsened to the point that he spent most of his time and took most of his meetings in his home bathtub. So instead, Charlotte went directly to Murat's home, pretending she had insider information about a planned Girondin uprising. After being turned away once, Charlotte made it inside. Murat was, as usual, holding meetings from his bath. Charlotte gave him a list of names and then stabbed him a single time in the chest. The scene has been memorialized in the famous and haunting painting by Jacques-Louis David. Charlotte was immediately seized and imprisoned. During her trial, she said, I knew that he, Marat, was perverting France. I have killed one man to save a hundred thousand. In a farewell letter to her father, Charlotte wrote, The people, when they become disillusioned someday, will rejoice to be rid of a tyrant. But the chain of events following Charlotte's actions didn't go as she'd hoped. She'd actually turned Marat into a martyr, and the terror intensified. Charlotte was sentenced to death despite her continued insistence that she was a Republican and had been one even before the revolution. Her final request before death was to have a painting made from her likeness so she'd be remembered in history. Apparently, she viewed the painting just before heading to her death and suggested a few changes. On July 17, 1793, Charlotte Corday was executed by guillotine. Charlotte's crimes changed the way women were seen in society at the time. She challenged the notion that women were lesser than or second class. For people who agreed with her political leanings, Charlotte was seen as a hero. Still, women distanced themselves from her after the murder because they feared she would incite action against the growing feminist movement. Some say Charlotte's actions led to the banning of women's political clubs and the executions of other female revolutionaries. With her or against her, Charlotte Corday played a significant role in the French Revolution, even if her actions didn't quite land the way she thought they would. As always, we'll be taking a break for the weekend, but we'll be back on Monday with the story of another fascinating villainess. Special thanks to the one and only Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. Talk to you on Monday. Before we go, I want to give a quick shout out to a new show that I think you'll like. It's called Nevertheless, She Existed. Nevertheless, She Existed is a weekly feminist history party hosted by comedian Molly Gaby. Check it out wherever you listen. Listen. 